last night, the outreach production that we put on. And uh, one of the songs that is uh, a performance within the show, uh, where actually my daughter dances to that particular one, it's, uh, it's a song by Imagine Dragons, not a Christian band by any means, but it's fascinating to me how this song has quite explicit lyrics about demons. And it tells me that there's actually the secular world, many people kind of realise, hey, there's, there's dark entities in the spiritual realm that I don't understand, but I believe they're there. Let me read a few of the lyrics to point this out to you. I want to hide the truth. I want to shelter you. But, the beast, but with the beast inside, there's nowhere to hide. When you feel my heat, look into my eyes. It's where my demons hide. It's where my demons hide. Don't get too close. It's dark inside. It's where my demons hide. At the curtain's call, it's the last of all. When the lights fade out, all the sinners crawl. Don't want to let you down, but I'm hellbound. Though this is all for you, don't want to hide the truth. No matter what we breed, we are still made of greed. I can't escape this now unless you show me how. The fact is, I've met plenty of people who are not from a church background, but they feel they want to escape. They feel there's some sort of dark entity or power that's influencing them, and they want, they want to get away from it. And in... Um, in England, I remember doing an outreach at the Reading Festival and um, I talked with a bunch of people there and it was fascinating some of the comments that relate to the very thing I'm just talking about now. I'm going to quote what one of the guys said to me in conversation. He's got no church background whatsoever. He said this, I am having trouble with the devil. He's in my head. We talked at length, gave him a hard copy Bible, which he was so grateful to get. No no Christian background whatsoever, never owned a Bible in his life. What I'm saying is there's a secular world out there that is aware that this stuff is real. They don't know what, they don't want, don't know what to make of it. They don't know what to do about it, but it's very real to them. Today, um, you might be thinking, Lee, why are you dealing with all these weird topics? You spoke on healing a couple of weeks ago, and that was weird enough. And now, now you're, you're speaking on deliverance. I mean, what's going on here? Um, well, I did this many years ago now, but I took out a highlighter one time when I was going through the Gospels. And I highlighted every passage that was about healing or deliverance, so the, the, the full account of each of those things, and, um, and power encounters in general. And you know what I discovered? About 25% of the Gospels are about healing and deliverance. And so when you realise it makes up such a huge amount of what God has decided to put in those Gospels, we can't just kind of ignore it and think, oh, well, that's, you know, that's a bit weird, we won't talk about that. In fact, quite the opposite. And you've got to remember Jesus sent his disciples, the 12 and the 70, out, not just to share the good news, not just to heal the sick, but to also drive out demons. And so as a Christian, if we're serious about being a disciple of Jesus Christ, this is something we've got to learn. And so I'm going to give you seven principles today, modelled by Jesus, of how we're to do deliverance ministry. Let's have a look at one of the accounts. Our show uh, last night, um, as Cain's role, who's a, a lead actor in the show, his role was to be Mark, Peter's disciple. Peter's the follower, Mark as his disciple is telling the story. Great job, by the way, Cain. That was excellent. 
Yeah, give him a hand, absolutely. So I'm going to read from Mark's account now. Mark records this, 914 of Mark's Gospel. When they came to the other disciples, they saw a large crowd around them and the teachers of the law arguing with them. As soon as all the people saw Jesus, they were overwhelmed with wonder and ran to greet him. What are you arguing about with them, he asked. A man in the crowd answered, Teacher, I brought my son who is possessed by a spirit that has robbed him of speech. Whenever it seizes him, it throws him to the ground. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, and becomes rigid. I asked your disciples to drive out the spirit, but they could not. You unbelieving generation, Jesus replied. How long shall I stay with you? How long will I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. So they brought him. When the spirit saw Jesus, it immediately threw the boy into a convulsion. He fell, into, he fell to the ground, rolled around, foaming at the mouth. Jesus asked the boy's father, how long has he been like this? From childhood, he answered. It's often thrown him into fire or water to kill him. But if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. If you can, Jesus said, everything is possible for the one who believes. Immediately, the boy's father exclaimed, I, I, I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. When Jesus saw the crowd was running to the scene, he rebuked the impure spirit. You, deaf and mute spirit, he said, I command you, come out of him and never enter him again. The spirit shrieked, convulsed him violently and came out. The boy looked so much like a corpse that many said, he's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him to his feet. He stood up. After Jesus had gone indoors, his disciples asked him privately, why couldn't we drive it out? He replied, this kind can come out only by prayer. One of the many dramatic accounts we see in the scriptures about Jesus dealing with demons. And there's plenty of principles in this one to learn. First of all, let me give you a definition. Let me give you a brief definition. Deliverance ministry, what's it all about? Deliverance ministry relates to removing demonic influence from somebody's life. I'll say it again, deliverance ministry relates to removing demonic influence from someone's life. As simple as that. That's what it's about. I know some of you might have read that account and thought, yeah, but isn't, didn't the boy just have epilepsy? And back then they just didn't know how to diagnose things, didn't know how to describe things, and so they just said, oh, well, it's, it's a demon. Well, if that is the case, Jesus wouldn't have driven out a demon. If it was just epilepsy, he would have healed him. So, no, that's not the case. Um, I realise now, I, I need to be realistic here. Friends, please do not jump to the conclusion that everything's demons. You know, um, there, there are chemical reasons in people's lives. It could be psychological reasons. It could be mental reasons, all sorts of reasons. But sometimes it's spiritual. Sometimes it is spiritual. And I think our problem is often we just never think about the spiritual realm and our assumption is it's, it's going to be one of those. We can deal with this with chemicals. We can deal with this because it's a physical thing. We can deal with this because it's a mental issue. Uh, but what about the spirit realm? Certainly very real in the scriptures. Let me start to unpack the passage and make some points. 9.17, I'll read this again. A man in the crowd answered, Teacher, I brought you my son who is possessed by a spirit who has robbed him of speech. Notice what it's doing. It's robbed him of speech. Whenever it seizes him, it throws him to the ground. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, and becomes rigid. I asked your 
disciples to drive out the spirit, but they could not. So the, the uh, demonic power has caused a physical condition. Let me read another example. Matthew twelve twenty two. Then they brought him a demon-possessed man who was blind and mute. And Jesus healed him so that he could both talk and see. So when Jesus dealt with the demon on each of these occasions, they were set free of some physical condition. Because sometimes it's not just about healing, it's about the fact there is a demonic power that is causing the problem. Can I suggest this? Number one, first point today, healing and deliverance are often linked. Healing and deliverance are often linked. I remember one of my young churches that I was planting, kind of a pioneering church. Um, there was a lady in the church called Joy, and she had a friend who was trying to get along to church, a single mum, a Danish lady. And uh, she eventually got her there. And the reason she was getting her along, she was saying, you know, you need to come to church for prayer. These panic attacks you're suffering all the time. You can get prayer for that. So she brought her forward, first time in church. And um, so I prayed for her. And as I'm praying, I had to be a bit cautious about this because this poor girl, it's the first time in church, you know. And as I'm praying for her, I'm sensing the Lord saying, it's a demonic power of fear, a demon of fear that is over her life. And so, you know, uh, with a measure of caution, but nevertheless, I tend to speak to demons in the way that uh, Jesus does there, and it's captured in there. I speak to demons aggressively. And so I demanded, I said something like this, Spirit of fear, I command you, come out of her, get out of her life in Jesus' name. And I pointed to a house. I knew approximately where she lived, and I uh, knew she lived near Joyce Place. And I said, I command the demonic power that would never enter her house again. Now you might think, oh, yeah, well, that all sounds very dramatically, but it doesn't make any difference, mate. Well, um, about a month later, actually, she gave her life to Christ, which was wonderful. I know some of you might have a theology what, oh, but you've, if, if you're going to drive out a demon, you've got to fill them with the Spirit right away, or they're going to bring back bad demons, and it's going to be worse. There's only one account in Scripture that kind of has that type of teaching. You'll notice in many accounts, Jesus just drives the demon out. He doesn't ask the person to believe in him or whatever. He just deals with the demon. That's the mainstream approach, actually. So no, I didn't insist she become a Christian after that. I just let time go on until she was ready. About a month later, she did become a Christian. Anyway, went around to visit her about five months later. She was um, doing a series at the moment that we're encouraging where there was a a teaching, uh, just sorry, just a movie about Jesus and the Gospel of Luke and working the way through that. And she'd been enjoying that. She was telling me. And then uh, I asked her, um, how are the panic attacks? And she said, oh, well, since you and Joy prayed for me that week, I haven't had any. I used to have a panic attack every day, at least one, some days several. I have not had one since you guys prayed for me. That's five months later. No change in medication. There's no, no change in circumstances. A demonic power was commanded to leave. The panic attacks stopped. All I'm simply saying is, friends, actually this stuff is real. Let's have a look at another passage. Uh, Mark 9.19. You can see Jesus' frustration here, you know. 9.19. You unbelieving generation. I think he's talking to his disciples. He was surprised they couldn't get this demon out. I feel for him. I'd have been struggling too. You unbelieving generation, Jesus replied. How long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. And there's another moment where this concept of believing or faith is is highlighted. Look at this. But if you can, Jesus says to the father this time, 
If you can, said Jesus, everything is possible for the one who believes. And the father, so honest here, exclaimed, I do believe. But he knows his faith is not where it needs to be. Help me overcome my unbelief, aspects of where I'm not believing in the way I need to. Can I suggest number two? Faith is so important. Number two, have faith in God's authority. Have faith in God's authority. This is important. Um, You're not going to get a demon out if you're unconfident. Not confident in yourself, but confident in God's authority. If we're all nervous and trying to deal with a demonic power, the demon will take no notice of you. But if we have that faith in the Lord's authority, we can demand it to leave. Mark 9.20 says this, So they brought him. When the spirit saw Jesus, it immediately threw the boy into a convulsion. He fell to the ground and rolled around foaming at the mouth. Uh, In demonology, uh, we Christians, we would call that a manifestation. The demon has caused a manifestation. Now, can I simply make this point? Number three, be prepared for manifestations. Be prepared for manifestations. They don't always happen. They mostly don't. But sometimes they do. And sometimes they're pretty dramatic. Certainly in this, this account we're reading now. I remember in one of my churches, um, I was a creative ministries pastor there, actually, not the, the um, senior pastor, so my job was the worship stuff. Um, after I'd led worship, came down off stage and I had this girl, Diane, came forward for prayer. So I started praying for her and suddenly she kind of spins around and starts rolling around on the ground. Um, my impression, this is demonic. A manifestation. So I started rebuking the demon. I just said something like this. Come out of her. In Jesus' name, come out of her. I command you, get out of her now. In Jesus' name. I'm following around on the floor while she's rolling around doing this. Here. A bit freaky for some of the people in the church. <laughs> it's still in the auditorium. The church only just finished <laughs> service. <laughs> anyway, um, after about... Oh, it'd be a couple of minutes of that. She suddenly then sat up and glared at me and said in a male's voice, I will not let her go. And back on the ground again, rolling around. And so I'm thinking, mate, I need a bit more authority. He started quoting some scripture. Every knee shall bow, every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Those in heaven, those on earth, those under the earth, you will come out in the authority of the name of Jesus. You will come out. And so off we go for about five minutes worth of that sort of stuff. And then all of a sudden, the girl became at peace. And another lady in the church helped, helped us sit in one of the front seats of the church. And we prayed for her, laid hands on her and prayed for her. I said, come and meet with me in my office next week. So she did. Arrived on a Wednesday, asked her how she was doing. And she said this, I can't believe the difference. I have been struggling with obsessions and addictions, which I thought, I'm never going to break these things. They've all gone. They've all stopped. It's amazing. I'm free. What had happened? A demon had been driven out of her. That's all it was, you know? Now, um, I I realise some people have dabbled with the occult, and that's why these sort of things happen when they were younger and all that sort of stuff. There's reasons why these things happen. But the fact is, this is very real stuff, friends. But yeah, 
I, I simply say be prepared for manifestations if you're doing deliverance ministry. They do happen sometimes, <laughs> much, to, um, much to the shock of uh, people around you. <laughs> Let me uh, read Mark 9.21. Jesus asked the boy's father, how long has he been like this? From childhood, he answered. It's often thrown him into fire or water to kill him. But if you can do anything, take pity on us. I find this a fascinating little moment. You know, how Jesus here is like a medical physician. You ever been in the, you know, the doctors and he says, well, how long, how long have you been suffering with this condition? <laughs> Jesus just asks that question. How long's the boy been like this? You know, he's just trying to gain some background knowledge here about this lad. Can I suggest that's another principle? Number four, gain knowledge or personal history. Gain knowledge or personal history. You know, sometimes you might need to do that. Ask a few questions. Um, I can remember uh, once Pamela's mum had an interesting story about this. This is years ago, but she kept thinking that she had bowel cancer. And she went along to her local doctor, and she's chatting with him about it. And after a while, he says to her, Lorraine, I think you've been cursed. And she's a bit taken back by this. And he asked some more questions about her personal history, and it came up. He was a Christian guy. It came up, and... Uh, she said, she told the story of her, her dad, her father. He's not a nice man, her father. Her father, when he was dying of bowel cancer, he said to his wife and to his daughter, Noreen, Pamela's mum, I hope you die with what I'm dying with. He was dying of bowel cancer at the time. And the doctor said, that is actually a curse. We need to break that. You know, gaining that personal history. And after that, she seemed to be set free from this fear of bowel cancer. You know, it was a powerful little moment. Nice to go to a Christian doctor, isn't it? Mark 9.25. When Jesus saw that a crowd was running to the scene, he rebuked the impure spirit. You, deaf and mute spirit, he said. I command you, come out of him and never enter him again. It's interesting here. He just kind of calls the spirit by what it's doing, doesn't he? You deaf and mute spirit. I mean, it's just a description of what it's doing, but he kind of names it, doesn't he? You deaf and mute spirit. And I want to make this suggestion as another principle. Number five, you may need to identify the evil spirits by name. You may need to identify the evil spirits by name. You need some discernment here, of course. It's the Holy Spirit that's helping you do it. But if you think of the story I told about the Danish lady, name the spirit, spirit of fear. One more passage. Mark 9.25, when Jesus saw that a crowd was running to the scene, he rebuked the impure spirit. You, deaf and mute spirit, he said, I command you, come out of him and never enter him again. The spirit shrieked, convulsed him violently and came out. The boy looked so much like a corpse that many said, he's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him to his feet and he stood up. I find it fascinating here. You know, the, the demon's clearly scared of Jesus. Jesus rebukes it and it shrieks in fear, doesn't it? You know, it's scared of Jesus. Um, look at this, Luke ten seventeen. The 72, this is the broader number of disciples, the 72 returned with joy and said, Lord, even the demons to submit to us in your name. You see, I'm going to be frank, the demonic powers can be scared of you as well, but not because of our authority, but because of Jesus' authority. If you're a Christian, you're following Jesus, you are under his authority. He's the king of kings. He's the almighty God. 
You're his servant. You have authority in his name. You have authority in his name. And this is my final point, friends. Look at this. Um, no, it's not. My second last point, sorry. In Jesus' name, command demonic forces to leave. In Jesus' name, command demonic forces to leave. Now is my last point. <laughs> Mark 9, 28. After Jesus had gone indoors, his disciples asked him privately, why couldn't we drive it out? He replied, this kind can come out only by prayer. You remember I said earlier in the series that discussion was part of discipleship. Here's a classic example of that. You know, they, they want to find out from Jesus, well, why couldn't we get rid of that demon? And, you know, clearly they had a talk about it. Jesus had, had some time with them about that. Um, some of the ancient translations actually say this kind can only come out by prayer and fasting. I think the gist of it is it's not, just a, it's not like they didn't pray. They would have prayed, but it's like an intense time of prayer. You know, this kind can only come out if you get pretty serious in a prayer time. You need some persistent prayer to get rid of this demon. <clears throat> now, I don't want all my stories to be positive. It's good to share sometimes when it doesn't work. <laughs> and like I said, I feel for the disciples because I've certainly had that experience as well. I got a call one night from a friend at church and uh, yeah, it was at midnight, right on midnight, appropriate perhaps. He says, um, uh, Lee, is it possible you could come over? I think my wife is possessed and I know some of you blokes are thinking, well, I think my wife is at times. <laughs> but it was a bit more serious than that. And I asked him to describe what she was like and that sort of thing. Um, now, she had been one of our key worship leaders in our church. Very, very gifted. And I know some of you are thinking, yeah, but demons can't possess Christians. It's just not true, guys. I know that used to be my theology as a younger Christian. I remember at Bible college having that debate with people, and I thought, no, like, a demon can't possess a Christian because the Holy Spirit's in their, their heart. Well, the fact is they can. You know, I've seen it many times. Demons can possess Christians. Um, well, I arrived. Lived fairly close to our house. It's only about 10 minutes away. And I'll tell you what, mate. Her eyes were darting backwards and forwards like a panther. And um, when I tried to rebuke the demon, she just, she, like again, like a panther, just sprung at me. And she had um, beautiful nails, very manicured and very sharp. <laughs> Mate, and she tried to scratch my eyes out, you know, every time I tried to rebuke the demon. And we went on for a long time quoting scripture, trying to get rid of this demon. But man, this sucker was not coming out. Um, about an hour later it's after one o'clock by now I'm thinking mate we're getting nowhere <laughs> I, um, I called up my wife and um, uh, we, we had youngish kids at home at the time as this couple did as well anyway uh, she came over and I went back to look after our kids while well, they were asleep but you know what I mean be there um, anyway, uh, eventually, Pamela just felt concerned for the, the family's children because uh, this lady was in a bad place. And um, so she called the hospital and, anyway, ultimately, uh, a couple of uh, medics came and two police officers. 
Pamela told me the female police officer, when she saw the lady, she was terrified, absolutely terrified. Anyway, um, so it didn't, didn't go well. Ultimately, she ends up in hospital, and of course, as they do, they pump you full of drugs and try and suppress everything. And uh, yeah, she was out a couple of weeks later, and we had some prayer ministry and stuff. I share that story to say, no, it doesn't always go smoothly. It doesn't always go smoothly. Seven points, friends. Let me recap these to you. Healing and deliverance are often linked. Have faith in God's authority. Be prepared for manifestations. Gain knowledge of personal history. You may need to identify the evil spirits by name. In Jesus' name, command demonic forces to leave. If the demon is stubborn, persist in prayer. What would have been ideal uh, would have been with that demonic power being stubborn, um, we could have got a bunch of our prayer, because we had some real prayer warriors in the church, we got a bunch of them over and spent you know, some hours praying. But it's a big ask at 1 o'clock in the morning, isn't it, to do that? That's, that was the challenge. That would have been the appropriate approach, though. Now, I realise some of my stories have been very dramatic, but the reality is most deliverance ministry isn't. It's generally much more straightforward than that. Let me finish with just a few examples. Even, even say, in India, where, man, there's just idols there everywhere, big temples and the whole thing. Um, one of the places I ministered there was kind of a... Goodness, I've never seen anything like it, actually. It was uh, like a corrugated iron suburb. It's a huge slab of concrete and just these little corrugated iron dwellings all joined together. It's like a massive roof and very, very uh, simple lifestyle. Um, there was a new, a new church was being established there and um, I uh, had been asked to speak with an interpreter and um, one family they brought um, I don't think it was their daughter it was a, um, like a, a niece or something like that but they brought this young lady and said look um, she's possessed can you help us uh, and so I chatted with the young lady and asked her what what gods she worshipped and went through them and I asked her to, to renounce every one of them and asked her would she promise to throw out any imagery or anything she's got associated with them as soon as she got home which she agreed to and then I took her through the bridge to life tract she's not a believer this girl took her through the track very slowly and carefully and then at the end asked her to invite Jesus into her life which she did no dramatic manifestations she just just commanded the any demonic forces to leave her, and she became a Christian. The family was delighted. Um, or another example, there was uh, in my last church, there was a couple that came forward one day. The guy wanted prayer for his back, and prayed for his back, and uh, he's a lecturer at Deakin University, actually, and uh, his wife came forward as well. She was suffering from anxiety. In her case, I felt it was demonic, and I commanded a demonic power to leave in Jesus' name. Um, well, uh, they came back next week, asked him how he was and how she was and so on. Did that for a couple of weeks. He said, oh, I'm great. Prayed for me, back, healed immediately, gone, no pain. And then his wife, he said, the panic attacks have completely, uh, sorry, the anxiety completely stopped. It's just gone. Um, very straightforward. Uh, or another occasion, uh, this chap I met at a, a, a wedding, actually. I was conducting a wedding and at the reception I was seated at his table, got talking He's a muso, so we hit it off. Um, drum, drummers are musos, aren't they, Jason? <laughs> <laughs> T 
Tim? Is that right? <laughs> anyway, um, Michael then, this is the guy, he, he turns up at, at church. You know, he had, he'd fallen away when he was a teenager, just hadn't done church for like 20 years, turned up. And uh, I'm preaching, and gave an altar call, and he came forward, first time in, in church for a long, long time. And as I prayed for him, I laid my hands on his chest. Now, in his own testimony, I said, he used to be on a clip in our church at Narry Warren. Uh, he, he talks about it, and he said, when Lee prayed for me, he says on the clip, when Lee prayed for me, I felt like his hand went right through my chest and a dark entity left me. And uh, to show the change in his life, well, he went from not doing church for a long time to heavily committed to our church, ended up on our church board. He's probably still on our church board. You know, just a massive turnaround, but his belief was a demonic power left him as he was being prayed for. So I'll simply share those stories. So that's, that's, they're more the normal thing, what I shared in those last three stories. But um, I reckon it's time to have the uh, worship team return. And I'm going to pray for you. But I want to open it up today because you might be thinking to yourself, well, actually, now you've shared all that stuff. You know, I think there might be a bit of demonic trouble in my world. It might be in your own life. Or it might be that you've got a friend or family member you'd like to come forward for and we'll pray for them on your behalf. But uh, let's be upstanding as I pray for you and as we're about to engage back in worship. Let's, let's stand as I pray. Father, here today, as we try and um, get our heads and our minds around this concept of demonology, we want to ask that you would bring your guidance. We live in a spiritual world. There is a spiritual realm. And uh, rather than ignoring these sort of topics, if we're going to be your disciples, we have to be real and we have to learn about it. And so, Father, here today, I just pray that if there is any, any, anyone feeling like, actually, I think there's something I need prayer for. You know, actually, I think I've got some demonic influence in my life. Or I've got a family member or friend. I'd really like you to pray for them today. I just want to pray that uh, you just open our minds and hearts to be ministered to by your Holy Spirit this very day in the name of Jesus. And here today too, Lord, we just, uh, with your authority, we command in Jesus' name, no demonic force be permitted to stay within this ministry, within this building. We command in Jesus' name, demons are to be gone. I command you, Satan, get out of here in Jesus' name.